Our first reading for this afternoon is from the fifth chapter of Job. Behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves. Therefore, despise not the discipline of the Almighty. For he wounds, but he binds up. He shatters, but his hands heal. He will deliver you from six troubles, and seven no evil shall touch you. In famine he will redeem you from death, and in war from the power of the sword. You shall be hidden from the lash of the tongue, and shall not fear destruction when it comes. At destruction and famine you shall laugh, and shall not fear the beasts of the earth. For you shall be in league with the stones of the field, and the beasts of the field shall be at peace with you. You shall know that your tent is at peace, and you shall inspect your fold and miss nothing. You shall know also that your offspring shall be many, and your descendants as the grass of the earth. You shall come to your grave in ripe old age, like a sheaf gathered up in its season. Behold, this we have searched out, it is true. Hear and know it for your good. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the second chapter of John. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple we found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name, When they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them. Because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man. For he himself knew what was in man. This this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the Lord's Prayer. What is the fifth petition? And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much, And surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
It can be very comforting when we come to worship and the very first thing we do is the confession of sins. And I, I hope that's something we don't just take for granted. It's, it's set there for a very good reason because it's so comforting for us to know that we can come in those moments with the burdens that we've been bearing for that week or even past sins that have happened years ago and, and, and confess that and to be reassured again and again from God's own mouth that we're forgiven. It's really one of the greatest treasures we have in the church. And it's, it doesn't come with water and it doesn't come with necessarily bread and wine. So we don't always realize it. It's not something we hold in our hand, but we hold it in our hearts when we hear it. Because we love to have that forgiveness. In the same sense, in a, in a worldly example, if you are driving your car and you accidentally bump the person in front of you, as you're in a line and, and they stop, get out of their car, and there's no damage to the car, how nice to know that that person is hopefully going to say to you, I forgive you, it's okay, there's no damage, you know, it's all right. That's wonderful to know because we like to be forgiven. We, we love to receive that. But imagine if that wasn't the case. Imagine if we came into church and I... I won't do this, but imagine if before church I said I stop and say, "Okay, at this point, I know we're supposed to do the confession and the absolution, but I'm not doing it, not doing it because none of us deserve it. We don't deserve it, really. If any of you deserve it, come up and tell me. So we're we're just going to skip this part of the liturgy and we're going to go on to something else. Imagine if that happened. Or imagine, again, if you're in your car and you're in a line of cars and you bump the car in front of you, no damage, not even a scratch, and that person gets out, and instead of saying, I forgive you, it was an accident, it's okay, they just yell and cuss you out with words you never even heard, and they make a sight in front of everyone in the middle of the street. We don't want that, do we? God wants forgiveness to come to all of us. He wants that more than anything. Because that's why he came into this world. That's why in our gospel reading, we heard about Jesus overturning the money changers' tables, chasing everyone out. Why? Because the people couldn't worship. The people couldn't hear the scriptures that say they are forgiven. The people weren't able to receive absolution. And that's why Jesus did what he did. And that's why Jesus told the Pharisees who questioned what authority he had. He told them what? Tear down the temple and I'll raise it in three days. Meaning temple of his body. He alluded to that wonderful act that he came to do in this world. His death on the cross Resurrection from the dead. And why? For the forgiveness of all of your sins. Not just some of them. All of them. Not just the ones that were done 10 years ago. All of them. Not just the little ones. The big ones and the little ones. Every sin. All of it. Forgiven. That's what he wants to do. That's why he came into this world. And now we have in this petition that we read today, this final part, 
We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. Think about everything that Jesus has done for us. And when Martin Luther wrote this final part, what does this mean? It said this. We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace. For we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. And so we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. You know, I started off by saying we love coming to church and we know that we can confess our sins right at the beginning. And we know we're guaranteed to hear that absolution, right? Pastor's never going to say, no, 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 none of you deserve this. I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen, is it? So that is such amazing grace that we all receive and we would be shocked if we didn't. And Christ would never do that. And look what Christ is allowing you to do now. That last sentence. So we too, we, will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. We all love receiving forgiveness. How easily do we dish forgiveness out? When it comes to this part of the Lord's Prayer, I'll have a lot of members who will say, does that mean I have to? Do I have to forgive? Since Jesus forgave me, do I have to forgive so and so and so and so? My answer is always very simple. No, you don't have to. You get to. You get to. There's a big difference. Big difference, right? Did Jesus say to his heavenly father, do I have to die to forgive all their sins? Do I have to forgive all of them? No, you get to. And he did it willingly for us, right? We can do it willingly for one another. And in doing so, that's probably the clearest picture of Christ that people will see in this world. It it really is. I think the, the power to forgive one another in this world is, I think, the greatest witness we Christians can give. Because this world around us cannot forgive like Christ does. But he's given that to you. You know what it looks like. You know what it smells like. It's undeserved. It's a gift. And you can give that undeserved gift to others as well. Because he gave it to you first. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.